The feeling about several big topics surrounding college football seems to be close to unanimous, and a lot of them benefit the Auburn Tigers. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Broadcasting live from Radio Row here at SEC Media Days at the College Football Hall of Fame. Locked On Kentucky host and Auburn daily writer, Lance Dodd, joining me, and really the Probably the biggest thing of the week was Greg Sankey starting things off. And I think he said a lot of things that Auburn, or I guess just college football fans in general, were wanting to know. What does the SEC feel about NIL? And how does the SEC feel about their current footing in regards to college football realignment? Yeah, and one of the things that Sankey noted right off the bat is that there's a gap right now. There's a gap right now in the NIL realm between the actual university, the players, and their relatives. And there's a gap between how things are, are done. And, and this is something that I've heard other media members speak about recently, about kids getting manipulated or getting tricked into doing things yeah. that, you know, there aren't, things aren't necessarily promised when it comes to, you know, dollar amounts and different things like that. And so what Sankey was saying today is that they really want to make sure that they crack down on that and they try and clean things up. And obviously there's a lot more past that that needs to be organized within an NIL and within the realm of NIL. And I, I think that there's going to be a process over the next several years to really kind of redefine and kind of, I guess, allow the SEC and allow these different universities and conferences to kind of really take control of what has become a really wild scene in the college football landscape. Yeah, right, right. And I mean, that's been the immediate question, right, was what is the SEC going to do in response to USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten? Will the SEC have a little bit uh, of something to say in response to that? And in essence, I think Sankey was almost like, well, we kind of did our action first, and they responded to us because he was asked point blank, does the move of adding Texas and Oklahoma trump the move of USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten? And in short, I think he said what we all were thinking was, yes, yes, the SEC adding Texas and Oklahoma is a bigger deal than the Big Ten adding USC and UCLA. Yeah, and probably my favorite quote of the day was from Greg Sankey saying that he's not, he said it might come off as smart aleck, but we are currently in a super conference. These teams play within a super conference. And so I think that if you approach it that way and you look at the SEC and you understand that this is the best conference in the entire country, the moves that you make are going to carry a lot of weight past what you say, right? It's, it's your actions that really show what you're about. And so Texas and Oklahoma, two really profitable programs, two big-time names. I agree with you, and I agree with Sankey. I think the move that the SEC made is more powerful, and it kind of trumps what USC and UCLA are bringing to the table for the Big Ten. So, yeah, I, I agree with what Sankey said, and, and like I said a minute ago, he said it kind of came off as smart, Alec, that, that you know they consider themselves a Super League, but it, it's really how everybody views it, and it really is how it is. Right, right. Once again, everything, everything that's happening throughout college football right now is keeping up 
with the SEC. Right. And, and like even with examples of like the Big 12 supposedly reaching out to schools that are in the Pac-12, it's just so they can survive the cut and hang with the SEC and, and I guess now the Big Ten. And, and something else that, that Sankey also noted is, is actually, I believe, before he was asked about, you know, whether or not the move for Texas and OU truly trumps USC and UCLA, somebody asked him, do you plan on adding anybody else? He's like, no, we're comfortable in our own skin. We're comfortable yeah. with what we're doing right now. We are setting we are setting the bar right now in college football, and we are okay with what we're doing. We don't plan on expanding anytime soon, although I would be curious what a potential Notre Dame move would do if it would force the SEC's hand to kind of say, okay, let's reevaluate some things here. But, you know, like you said, it, 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 the SEC and what they do controls what the rest of college football does. Yeah, there's no question. And Sankey, over and over and over again, they really – drove home the geography element yep. of it all and took a lot of digs of the Big Ten having to extend out to the West Coast to, to survive and, and thrive, I guess, while Texas and Oklahoma geographically fit in the southeastern corner of the United States. He, he mentioned that several, several times, which makes me think if there was expansion on the horizon for the SEC, I think it's the rumored schools that we've talked about time and time and time again. I think it makes it more likely for Clemson to come in. I think it makes it more likely for Florida State, North Carolina, maybe, mm -hmm. and perhaps even Miami. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and him continuing to harp on, you know, it's, it's ge geographical. It's important mm -hmm. to kind of stay within your lane, I guess. And something that he also kind of got into, but didn't really dive too much in depth to was the fact that you look around the SEC, and almost all of these schools, just looking at it strictly from a football standpoint outside of maybe Vanderbilt, you know, they're all on the rise right now. Like they're all doing things really, really well. Sure. You know, financially, they're doing well. Recruiting wise, they're doing well. Some of these programs are doing phenomenally with NIL. You look at Texas A&M right now as a prime example of that as the leader right now or one of the leaders uh, in the NIL market. So, yeah, I, I think that the SEC right now. Sankey mentioned extremely healthy. They're all moving in the right direction. Yeah. You know, we're seeing fan interest around the country really continuing to grow. I think it's a great time to be an SEC fan, and I'm really, really excited about the way that's the, the direction of the conference is moving. I agree. I agree. All right. I want to get your thoughts on what the head coaches had to say today that stood out. I got a feeling it's going to be a lot of Lane Kiffin because he is extremely interesting and extremely fun to talk to. But hey, as the sun comes out of small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. You can create a new job post in just minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality and quantity hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Lance, Lane Kiffin, the way he handles himself to the media is always fun. It's always interesting because you never really know what's going to happen. And it's so refreshing because he tells the truth. And when he was asked about NIL, he essentially said, hey, yeah, you legalize cheating. And until you fix that, that's the world we're living in. 
I absolutely love Lane Kiffin, man. And, and, and like you said, he calls it like he sees it. I love he's it. He's not afraid to hurt feelings. Yeah. We need more coaches like that out there that are willing to speak their mind and willing to be honest about things without being afraid of how it could negatively affect them in, in, in the public, at least not over topics like this. I mean, these are topics that, that Kiffin said, you know, I'm always going to be honest about this stuff. And I've got the direct quote here. So somebody asked him about NIL, about, you know, what have you found that works? What have you found that doesn't work? You mentioned that college football is all about money right now, which is something that Kiffin said earlier in the press conference, just being very direct and very blunt with what he had to say about the state of college football. And, and Kiffin said in response to the question, what works, what doesn't work? He said, well, the first question is the keys to NIL and how you do well with that. And he said, if you want to do well with NIL, you got to have really good boosters, just Correct. plain and simple. That's how you do well at it. No, you're, you're right. And then, I mean, it seems like, and Sankey talked about this in his opening statements, but it seems like the coaches at their meetings, their spring meetings down in Destin, it was all about, or a big chunk of it was about, they all agreed that boosters need to stay out of it. They need to find a way to kind of regulate booster communications with recruits and players and, and all of that. And so it's just, it's this really tough dynamic that I think a lot of people saw coming I don't know if it would necessarily saw it coming in the form of what it's become, but I think everybody kind of saw, okay, if you just leave this wide open, it's going to get crazy. And that's where we're at. And it's interesting. I thought this would happen, but coaches would never talk down upon it because I thought recruits would be like, oh, he doesn't want me to get paid. He doesn't want me to get my money. But right. it's interesting that you're hearing coaches come out and, and talk against it. Well, well, it's really interesting to see a, a coach like Kiffin do that while simultaneously doing things like recruiting the transfer portal, portal so well. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's doing good things on the recruiting trail. And you said like, it's an interesting dynamic right now. Uh, because, And it's something that Kiffin mentioned is that some of these teams in the SEC that have that booster money that have that power they're going right. to get these kids on campus and they're going to be able to get them to commit uh, he's he, he literally said it's like payroll and baseball you know the teams with the higher payrolls are going to be able to dole out money to players uh, and have them play a lot he said we're in a situation that's very very similar to that it's right. interesting how everybody wants to make comps to the nfl but you know it, it's just the professional sports as a whole right the way that the college football uh, world is just kind of moving in that professional direction I also think it's interesting that he mentioned, like you said, legalized cheating. Uh, and he's, he pointed out again, get ready for the people that have the most money to get the best players. And, and so, like you said, down at Destin and SEC Media Days, they're trying to find ways to stray away from that. But unfortunately, right now, we live in a time where you know, nothing's been changed. And so I'm just interested to see with the moves of Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC, there's so many more changes on the horizon for this conference financially. Yeah. I'm curious to see how these teams right now that are doing well financially set themselves up and how these teams that aren't doing well financially or do not have the best NIL collectives, how they are going to look Five years from now, what's the five-year outlook for the conference as a whole? What's the five-year outlook for the middle of the pack teams in the SEC? It'll be interesting to see, especially if they don't change a whole lot. Yeah, and, and back to NIL with Sankey, he kind of put a lot of stuff when he was asked about it. He's like, well, you know, it's really not up to us. It's up to the legislature. It's up to Congress. And he actually went on the record and said that he didn't think this current Congress would do anything. And I think some of that has to do with the timing, with election years and, and things like that. So. Very, very interesting. I hate that this is going to be the talking point of all media days. It really seems like that tone has been set. But um, later today, 
uh, Alabama will have obviously Coach Saban and Bryce Young, Will Anderson, and the Mississippi State with Mike Leach. That'll always be fun. South Carolina with Shane Beamer and Vanderbilt with Clark Lee. Do you think any other type of storyline emerges when these four teams talk later today? In relation to NIL and how it's currently impacting the game. I mean, I think all of these coaches are going to be asked about NIL. Right. I think they're all going to be asked about conference realignment. Do you think there's any other, you know, if you had to predict, you know, tonight what the storylines will be Tuesday evening, do you think it's anything different than the, the two main ideas that we've talked about today. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I don't know if we see a whole lot different. I think we're going to see Coach Saban probably reiterate some of the things that we've already heard yeah. uh, from some of these other coaches. He may go in a little bit more in detail. He's been pretty vocal this offseason about how he feels about different things. It's been really interesting to see. I know a lot of Auburn fans don't want to hear that. Nick Saban is giving his opinions strong opinion on all these different topics out there. I'm sure he's going to have a, an interesting one on NIL, but probably nothing that, that, that we've not already heard. Shane Beamer and Mike Leach uh, are energetic and interesting in their own right. right. I don't know if Mike Leach is going to be really talking a whole lot about anything else other than expanding the playoff to 64 teams. He's all about that. Which yeah. is which is an interesting thing. And then Clark Lee, not sure what he would have to bring to the table in regards to NIL, but yeah, probably nothing special, but I am intrigued to see what Saban's comments are. Right. And so I, I guess just now moving forward with everything is, um, you know, what, what all do they do in regards to, um, I don't know, I, I just think moving forward, it's going to be the same thing all week. I do think, however, the more organized this NIL needs a cap and regulation push happens, I think um, it benefits Auburn more and more because I don't think their NIL situation is super great. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I was saying earlier is just asking the question is, what is the five-year outlook for the SEC for some of these middle-of-the-pack teams? And if they are not financially able to get their act together, there could be a gap between these teams that widens. And the whole point of NIL and the whole point of expanding the playoff and all these different things that we've been talking about is to bring some sort of parity to college football. At least that's what it was sold as. And I think the reality is, there has not been parity in college football. There will not be parity in college football. And some of these big time programs are going to continue to benefit from it. But yeah, looking at Auburn specifically, you know, they've got to have some type of regulation set in order for the competitive balance to kind of shift in their direction. Right. I'm going to kick you out for a second. That's okay. <laughs> I'm cool with it. All right. I'm going to bring in uh, Jake Crane with Crane and Company in just a moment. Got to tell you about our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports development, league reviews, and news, including everything happening with Major League Baseball, football futures for both college and NFL. Check it all out on Bet Online, where the game starts. I haven't talked to you since uh, since the new gig, man. Congratulations, man. Uh, I appreciate it. It's been uh, unbelievable. We're you know very blessed working with my brother and, and David Cohn, former Michigan quarterback. You know, we're all taller than I pictured by the way well uh, listen you know science is science Especially i guess cone. yeah no cones cones he's, he's a, a, a cones a foot away from being in an arborarium or whatever they call the place where they put trees uh again i'm not a tree scientist even though i did grow up in auburn uh, we tend to know a lot about trees there in the good way uh-huh sure, um sure. but now it's been been unbelievable man we're, we're very fortunate I'm, I'm still waiting to wake up from a coma and then to tell me what truck hit me so yeah here here all week and uh, glad to see you man of course buddy. Come down. it's been a while but uh excited to get on and talk some ball what uh? So I, I guess national media is all over the place, right? Mm. With how they view Harson and how they view mm. the Auburn football program. Where are you? Where are you with assessing where this football program is and what they need to do in 2022? Well, you know, it's it's obviously obviously so early, but. 
but the cycles, I know there's been an arms race yeah. in college football, especially the SEC. I mean, the turnover we see in coaches, the expectation to win early is really high. And the transfer portal has only increased that. You know, you can flip right. a program a lot quicker. Long gone are the days of you have three cycles to do it. We're going to give you some time. You know, you fall flat on your face your first year. That's okay. I think where Brian is at right now and where the Auburn program is at is it's all about the players. We know that. It's all about the roster. There's been a lot of good coaches that looked elite because they had a lot of great players and a lot of elite coaches that look average because they have average players. I don't think the roster is where it needs to be up front because, again, the standard at Auburn should not be to finish second or third in the West. The standard at Auburn, even though it may be somewhat unrealistic, mm. should not be anything but championships. Wow. So the minute that standard goes down, or the minute that, that we start watering down the expectations of what Auburn can be is the minute that we have fallen so far behind Alabama and Georgia that we won't be able to catch up for a long time. And I don't want to wander for 40 years trying to catch up to these guys. So he's going to have to win probably eight this year. I'm going to be honest. I think he's got to win eight. What's the likelihood of that happening? I got him going seven and five because I look at the schedule, Zach, and, and as a guy that's from Auburn, a lot of Auburn fans out there will agree with me. I can probably tell you how it's going to go. Probably going to start out five and zero. Oh. Beat Penn State week three, beat LSU game five. After they beat LSU, he'll be the next Pat Dye. Everybody will love him. Then we'll go to Georgia and lose Yikes. by two or three touchdowns. Right. We'll go lose at Ole Miss. End up kind of falling off a cliff a little bit. Bama's got probably the best team they've had in a long time, which is mm -hmm. saying a lot. End up seven and five, and then you got to go win the bowl game. I think I think his tenure at Auburn could come down to a meaningless bowl game, which is crazy to say, but that number eight looks a lot better than that number seven. So the way recruiting's going, you know, we talked about last year, Zach, and me and you talked about it. Mm -hmm. You get a pass for this first class because you just came in. You haven't been able to sow the seeds, sure. the relationships. This next class, you better come in humming. And they're not humming yet. It's still early. But if they don't get it turned around on the field and at least win eight and you don't see that recruiting pickup, they've already got the arrows pointed at them. And the same people that were at Toomer's Corner with the signs of we're behind Brian Harson, we're Team Harson, will be the same ones with torches and pitchforks going up to the athletic department if Auburn goes 7-5 and five and gets their pants pulled down by Georgia and Bama again. Yeah, I mean, definitely who you lose to matters. It's huge. It, it is huge. And the fact that Bama and Georgia are on the road, I mean, it's – it's almost impossible. It's, it's almost impossible to pull and, that and, off. And that's that's not only it. I mean, the SEC is not getting worse. I mean, Arkansas is a legitimate problem, Zach. Not as good as last year, though. Nah, I got them going nine and three this year. What? You return both coordinators. You return your quarterback. The offensive line is probably going to be better. You return Bumper Pool, who was the leader in your defense in the Great midline and the too. front end, best name, all name team. Incredible. And then you got Jordan Catalan, who was hurt last year, who a lot of people forget about at that safety position, who's coming down there trying to put you in the grave and setting those guys up around him for success. Arkansas has an identity. That's what I think Auburn doesn't have right now. They don't have an identity. They're having to throw a lot of stuff at the wall right. and see what sticks. Arkansas knows who they are. Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin. It's always scary, and you go on the road. We saw what Mississippi State did last year against Auburn, and Will Rogers is coming back, and that dude knows the air raid as good as Mike Leach. So it's not getting any easier, and eventually when you're in the jungle, a lion's got to show his teeth, and if Auburn don't show their teeth this year, they're going to be on the menu. So if Auburn goes seven and five and you talk about his potential tenure at Auburn coming down to a meaningless bowl game, if you fire him after a bowl game, that's too late, right? You would think, but again, I think they would give him the chance to get to eight. I think they would give him the chance, especially with everything that happened last offseason. See, the leverage switched a little bit which you yeah, never see it's weird. The, it, the leverage switch, but that leverage only lasts until the stuff on the field happens. What happens on the field will give you more leverage. Winning cures everything, right? You look at all the stuff that's happened, but I'm going to tell you this. 
if it doesn't work out for Brian Harson and Auburn, which I'm rooting for the guy. I am too. I hope it does, but I'm also a realist. I don't get paid to tell people what they need to hear. I pay to tell them what I think and what I, what I think they should hear uh, or want to hear. I'm sorry. Uh, opposite of what I said, but I don't want to tell you what they want to hear. Let's put it that way. I got Zach. it, brother. Again, yep. man, word salad. I feel like I'm working a certain other job. But anyway, say it confidently enough, it doesn't matter. That's what exactly you say. Right. Uh, right. But but I want it to work out. But I'm telling you right now, there's a guy out there, and I said this during the last coaching search that I feel like could get Auburn back to where they needed to be the quickest. And he's on a redemption tour. All right, we all make mistakes, and that's Hugh Freeze. And I'm gonna bang that drum, Zach. I'm gonna bang it like the little drummer boy walking down a parade, man. Hugh Freeze to me is the only one that can save us. Is if it doesn't work out for Brian Harson, he beat Bama with Bo Wallace. You couldn't win an inner squad game with Bo Wallace. I'm just telling you, Hugh that's Freeze. That's Doctor Bo Wallace to you, Doctor Bo Wallace. And look, Bo's a great guy. It, it's it's the truth. But again. Hugh Freeze holds the key. He is the key maker. If you've ever seen The Matrix, he's the guy, the architect, sitting in the chair looking at all the TVs. That's who that is. If it doesn't work out for Brian Harson, you got to go get him. I'm just, it's the truth. I'm sorry. Y'all here all week? Well, man, I'm here all week. I love it. Yeah, we got we got a studio up in 1518, man. Need to get you up there and, okay. and chop well, it up a little bit. I'd love to check it out, man. Appreciate right. it, my hey, friend. It's thank always you, buddy. fun. Thank Definitely. you. All right, that just about does it for today's edition of Locked on Auburn. We'll be here all week broadcasting live from... Radio Row. We will see you tomorrow right here on Locked on Auburn.